Hello, my friends. Today, Joel is talking to Colin, the CTO of Cactus Group, and they discuss giving back to the community with civic hacking and custom software development, the power of building the right team around you, and how working at a custom software development firm always stays interesting with new challenges. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Are you doing what you love to do? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's been you know a, a process, and we've had a lot of growth and evolution over time. But it's 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 definitely something that I love coming to work and getting to work alongside my coworkers is probably the best, the most motivating for me to to come into the office and or on Zoom and meet people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Modernize it. I, yeah. <laughs> I like working with great people too. You know, the first times I got to hire like authors I had read or something of that nature, like to get to work with really bright people is definitely what drives you after you figure out how to satisfy like the money income thing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And just be, yeah, surrounding myself with everyone who's definitely smarter than me is just amazing to be able to sit next to different people and different you know, positions and learn how they do work and how they think about problems. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it definitely energizes me and gets me excited to, to work together. When you were in grade school, did you imagine you'd be where you are today or what were you, what were you interested in then? Um, pro yeah, I did not imagine that I would probably be here uh, today. <laughs> I, 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 um, in grade school, I, I did have an interest in computers. My my parents both worked at a small university, and um, I would, you know, spend time at my mom's office and spend time on the computer and click around on that and just learning about what 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 you can do and and exploring around there in my free time. And eventually started to get into like HTML and CSS and started to create some some websites after taking a few a few classes and that's really what kind of sparked my my interest and eventually built this this tiny little website that was about a a game and uh discovered that another person who had the website a similar type of website um online was only like an hour away from uh from me and so we we like met online and I befriended uh um this 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 individual and we eventually started made a, a, a small like software company in, in high school and so we, we got to build some 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 small apps together oh that's amazing isn't that funny how back when we were doing it uh it was considered weird and creepy and now people do it every single day for their job <laughs> yeah definitely yeah <laughs> yeah that that initial meeting i remember because it, it was you know you met someone <laughs> especially online and it's like oh but they're great we've been talking for a long time and we all went out to dinner together with our family. So it was, it was, it was a great fond memories for me to, to meet them and uh, yeah, spend, you know, build, eventually build, build small little applications with, with them. And so tell me a little bit about what you, what you do today. Like, where do you spend your time today? Yeah. So today um, I, I um, co-founded and I'm CTO at uh, Cactus Consulting Group. We're uh highly custom web application development company. We build web apps for clients for a consultancy. 
And so that can be, you know, it, it depends a lot on, on the client that comes in in the door, but that can be anything from a SMS voter registration system to uh, um, like a custom CMS uh, for, for clients. So it's, it's a wide range, a good variety, keeps, keeps everyone, I think, uh, interested and um, kind of on their toes to learn new things. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's where I am today. Do you think we're going to get, like how many years do you think it'll be until we get to the point where we can like vote in elections like electronically mm. from our phones? Uh, I'll be more question. specific. Like when is it going to be like that easy? Right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a technical problem. I think technically we could get there. I think uh, it's more of a, um, how, how, can, how do we feel like the, that there's trust in the system as a society to make sure it can go along? And so we, we yeah, so we did, we um, helped implement a voter registration system using uh, SMS in the country of Libya. And we were the technical partners on this project. And, and, it, and it's just the registration part of it. So you, you register to vote uh, via, via SMS, um, primarily because the you know, the country's very spread out and everyone, ha but everyone has a cell phone uh, with SMS capabilities. So you, you can reach more, uh, more people that way and, and, um, and allow people to, yeah, to register so that they can come in and, and, and vote hopefully and vote who they, who, you know, who, who they want to elect. So is it pretty exciting getting to work at a consultancy type place where there's always different projects, always unique problems happening? Yeah, and it's they're all new challenges, and and sometimes they they can be a little you know overwhelming. But I think like even with the the Libyan project, that you know they they wanted their data in in country, and so we had to you know ship in servers and set set them up in a data center there, and um, build a little a little cloud for our, ourselves to use since we couldn't you know use what we are so used to using these days with Amazon and other types of providers like that. So it. You know, it's it's very exciting and and very uh, different. The variety is great, and I and I, and I love that that type of work. Yeah, we kind of take it for granted. We can just go right on AWS and just pick like Virginia or wherever <laughs> yeah. we want to put the servers. <laughs> right. And it's like, where's this? Where's the Syria? Where's the Libya option? Like, where do I? I want to put this. It's like they don't have one there yet. You know, <laughs> right. hurry up, Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And even you know, yeah, thinking back to high school, I never would have thought you could get access to a server like that in Amazon. So it's pretty amazing and what, what, what you can do today. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your co-founder. How did you meet? Yeah, we met, um, there, there were several co-founders. We all met in a, a small, in college. Uh, we were in a, a software engineering course together and uh, just were, worked on a, a project together and was, you know, one of the first probably one of the first larger projects that I'd been on a part of that involved a team and got to kind of learn about how, how do we work together? How, how do we, you know, solve the problem? And, um, and it was great. That, that's really what I just collaborating with them and, you know, being a part of building the, the, the tool together is what I found the most joy in and definitely what, I think, at least for me, led us to uh, founding Cactus shortly after we all we all graduated, um, and so it was yeah great to to meet Tobias, my my co yeah, co founder, um, and uh, he he's now CEO at the at the company. 
Oh, nice. I've met a few people named Tobias. I don't, I don't think I met yours, but yeah. they tend to always be really great people. So there's a good, <laughs> yeah. t- like, a, there's a good subjective Tobias streak going on in my life. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. He's great. You should meet him uh, hopefully sometime soon. <laughs> yeah. Where are you guys located, by the way? We are in uh, the Research Triangle area of North Carolina, and we're, we're based in, in Durham, North Carolina. My sister just moved there about two weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Welcome her to the area. (laughs) No, (laughs) we're like, why, why'd you leave? But we're also like, go away. We have, we have mixed feelings. We love her though. Uh, (laughs) But it it is cool though. When family goes away, cause then you get to go visit. So we'll be up there. We're doing a, um, we actually leave in like two weeks and we're doing a 10 week tour around the United States in our uh, like RV thing. And so we've got two little kids and we're all getting on and and going and exploring. It's going to be fun. That sounds great. Where and where where are you stopping? So like the we're gonna definitely go up to North Carolina area. That's like one of the first stops. Oh, okay. We have great. a lot of family there other than just my sister, but yeah, and okay. um and then we're gonna go over to Montana to like um uh, the some of the big national parks like Yellowstone or Glacier, and we're gonna spend a couple weeks there. So wow. I'm like renting a hotel room Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and I'm doing my podcast Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'll have a bunch of like five day weekends. Wow. Oh, that yeah. sounds like it's gonna be great. Good time with family too. Yeah, podcast on the road. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. And you know it was interesting when I was uh like reading and doing the prep on you. I thought it was like I always like to find fun things and uh, man, we have a lot in common. I, I like the piano as well. Uh, I saw you do baking, piano, and contra dancing. And when I heard yeah. that, I was like, "What on earth is contra dancing? Is it like, like, uh, like a Latin type? I imagine you in some dress or something. <laughs> like, what is contra dancing? It is a type of of uh, dancing that's sort of like square dancing in a way. It's it's a, a big group of people that follow a, um, like a dancing pattern that repeats. And so you, you kind of move between partners throughout the dance. And there's usually, usually a live band, which makes it um, extra fun. And I, I first started in, in college and uh, yeah, and eventually, you know, ended up meeting my wife through that process. So it was, it's definitely, a, I haven't been able to do it as much, especially with with COVID these days, but um, it's definitely a part of my uh, early, early life that I enjoy. That's awesome. That really helps you. Like, I mean, I, when I first started trying to get out of my shell as an engineer, it was really, really tough, right? Mm-hmm. Because I just always spent so much time in my head and I didn't spend a lot of time interacting with other people. Yeah. So picking up those skills was not a quick thing, but man, being out there doing that contra dancing, you're really putting yourself out there. You must've picked up a lot of social skills that way. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I think that it maybe it might be true. It's, it's nice to, you know, you don't really know anyone. Usually it's just a, a random group of, of people, but you, you, you interact and, and, and hang out for a couple hours that night. So it, it, it is fun to kind of just be a part of the, the group and the energy of the group and uh, um, yeah. And just dance together. So it's, and uh, Tobias did, did it as well. So we, we, we were, um, together in that in, in college. So it's, it's fun to share that, uh, that history together. <laughs> that is pretty exciting. Did you go to college in North Carolina? Uh, it was actually a small, um, um, small college called Earlham College in, in Indiana. So a very, very small school, about 1,200 students total. Um, so yeah, my, my CS department was very small. My, I think my graduating class was, for the CS department, it was only three people. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you were at the top of your class. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> 
I loved it. It was, it was great. The, the department was, had a very, um, um, like applied focus. So the, the professor Charlie Peck is still there and amazing, but the, the students contributed to help running the department in many ways from, you know, help maintaining the website to the infrastructure, like the actual like networking and servers that the CS department had. And, and so you just got a lot of hands-on experience that, um, you wouldn't otherwise, I think, and you know, that, that, at that age. And so I really love that you, you got to learn and fail and learn, <laughs> um, you know, in the context of, of that, that setting at, at school, which it was great for me. I really, I really liked it. Can we uh, talk a little bit about leadership stuff? I'm, I've got some, some thoughts for you. I'm curious. I want to, I want to pick your brain, yeah, my sure. friend. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, <laughs> your company's growing fast. You guys have, you know, Definitely engineer heavy because that's what you do, right? And designers, engineers, and designers. And uh, I'm just curious to know, like, what type of lessons have you learned as a leader through the growth of your company? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think we're I'm always learning, <laughs> continue learning about that as we go. But I, I think, you know, finding the right group of you know people to work with is is key, and providing everybody with. Uh, sort of collaborative input, just I think, you know, if everyone sort of is bought into the the process and working together can, and I think that kind of goes back to, yeah, just working on on a team, a small team, and like I had in college, I, I like going back to that collaboration aspect. If everyone is excited and motivated and can feed off that energy, it can really lead to some, you know, the ability to do a lot of different things and take on new challenges. Um, and so, yeah, I think it, the, the team is, is key, having diverse backgrounds so that folks can learn from each other and take on different like new technologies or, or you know, new challenges that you may not have done yourself. That's certainly how I, I approach it. I love being uh, teamed up with other folks where I can kind of see how they approach it and work together, help them and um, figure out uh, how, how, you know, how we can you know, help our clients. Have you found that your customers like pool in a couple different areas, like nonprofits or government or, you know, private? Like, do they have a, a trend there? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it it self selects in a couple of different ways. Usually, folks come to us be, because they can't find an off the shelf product or, or something to solve their their needs. So they're already kind of looking for something that they know that it needs to be like a tailored solution for. For what for what they do or what what problem they're trying to solve and but I, I think we have also you know have been lucky to have a, a range of areas that that we work in with our our clients from like education with universities the University of Chicago UNC here in the Triangle uh, Chapel Hill and and Duke and but to also uh, larger corporate um, entities as well like um, Georgia Power and and others in the area so it's I think we 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 love the balance. I think you you know working with nonprofits, NGOs like um, UNICEF or the International Rescue Committee. I just feel great contributing to a project like that. It feels like you can really help. Um, you know, you're really helping people, and it's not even you know it's it's all around the world, depending on where where the the actual tools use. But uh, on the corporate side, it's it's always having the opportunity to, to kind of solve a really comp you know, a complex problem. And, uh, 
that that is also fun to to do and and, and a, a good challenge to get into with the team. Yeah, I found lately there's been a lot of conversation. People want a mission to be doing something that they feel like mm. is important, but they also want you know challenging problems. Yeah, yeah, I think a mission is. I, I think yeah, that's a good mix: the mission and challenging problems. Because I think the the mission for me, just being able to, has, has yeah, like sort of tied into some of my um, own personal side things with with like volunteering opportunities. But to be able to do that at work too is like, oh wow, this is amazing. We can really feel like we're helping, even in what may be small ways. Uh, just makes it me motivated and energized to to yeah to come to work. <laughs> yeah, that's like the beautiful sweet spot, right? Where you have something that you're doing that's helping other people, but it's also making money. So you're incentivized to grow it and help at a greater scale and everything falls into line. So that's that's the the place to be. Yeah, definitely. And and when you get to work on something that's new and a you know, a product that we kind of have to figure it out together, I think is is very exciting to how can we um, design this this new tool that will be used in a certain part of the world where there's a certain type of technology that's in use and how, how can we make it so that it's useful to the actual end users and it's a yeah, fun and interesting ch and challenges to get into. Are you guys hiring right now? We are. Yeah, we, yeah, we have um we have uh, uh, we're we're busy and uh, hi are hiring for um e remote positions right now, contract to hire. Uh, we're just trying to meet new you know new technical folks to join the team and um help us out on help us out with our client projects what do you look for do you look for like specific technologies do you look for different personalities culture how, how do you do your hiring process yeah i mean we, we do use certain technologies at at cactus that's primarily it's all, all web-based usually um like python and django we do a lot of react development and that expands into different areas to some some mobile work and um but you know mostly um, web apps primarily and so i think experience or at least interest in that area is, is key um but beyond that i think it it you know it, it as long as it that you know i think that there there's like a good sort of synergy between um you know between us and them it's like it's we just look to try and find people that'll fit for the team and are excited to work on projects because it's it's pretty different i think than having like a product of our own we we don't um a lot you know we don't just build that we 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 want to help our clients and so we're really you know, we're, we're working for our clients and trying to solve their problems. So it's, it's, it's a different kind of mindset, I think, sometimes than other types of, of, of positions. And um, we're also quite small. We're only about 20 people. Um, and we're in an area that's rapidly growing as well and has, you know, new, larger companies in, in the area like Red Hat, Google, and Apple's going to move down the road. And we, you know, in many ways, we can't really compete. We're, we're pretty different than, than those types of organizations. And so I think um, we have to, you know, dif differentiate ourselves from, from them for a type of, what type of role folks are looking for. Yeah, that typically, I mean, look, my business is under 15 people, mm -hmm. right? So I'm in a similar, I get to talk to people that have like tens of thousands of employees all day. Right. But for me and what <laughs> I'm experiencing, I'm I'm relatively close to you. And yeah. in what you have to find people that you can invest in a little bit because 
the the other people are making so much money. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. it's like it's like I, we got to get there. We want to get there. We know where we need to be, mm-hmm. but to but in order to achieve that, we've got to find find those those people that have that spark. And I'll tell you what, man, they're they're not easy to come by. They're pretty rare. Like through great, I found one of the one little trick that I found is typically great people know great people, mm-hmm. right? So if you can, the, the the more you can pull great people in, the easier it is to find great people. I, I found that out a lot from um, this, one of the leaders I was talking to at Asana a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And they have a really, really strong recruiting culture mm-hmm. uh, within the organization. So they're all, they, they, tr- they literally train their employees. They have a hashtag called like ABR, always be recruiting. They train <laughs> their employees like how to, you know, if they're in an Uber driver or a Lyft or something like, in that person's a program, like how to invite them just to hang out at the mm, office, right? Yeah. Oh, just come on, just come like hang out here. Obviously, this is pre-pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> I don't know how many people would be like, come hang out on our Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we'll figure it out. People are things are starting to open up. How is your area? Is your area starting to open up? Yeah, it's it's just starting to um yeah, it's just starting to open up. We we have had some discussions even internally at Cactus and today is is Wednesday and it's our in office Wednesday. So there are, there are actually a couple folks here today, um, which is super exciting. Also a little different compared to the last year. So it takes some adjustment. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with uh, what, what you're saying about yeah, having just, yeah, having connections and getting to know the right folks will hopefully bring more great people to, to collaborate, uh, collaborate with. So, and, um, you know, and at conferences, I think yeah, I, I love going to conferences. I wish, I hope we can go again soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's it's fun to be there and learn, but you're also there to, you know, meet people and, you know, learn learn from them, but also meet people that you may potentially work with or, um, yeah, work work for. It could be a client too. So there's a lot of the, the always be recruiting is kind of an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting way to think about it. I like it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, whether we like it or not, humans are social creatures. Yeah. <laughs> so like we're not, we're designed to to be in community with each other. We're not designed for isolation. If we yeah. were, things would be very different. Like I actually, it's funny how the the most severe punishment you can have other than death in, in our universe is uh, solitary confinement. Wow. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds horrible. <laughs> so, that sounds yeah. like the worst. It does. It does. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's it's harsh so i mean we're just designed to to need each other and to build and grow things and uh, and if you look at humanity what we've been able to do in the past hundred years is just mind-boggling you know yeah definitely and i feel even as someone who i sort of feel somewhat introverted myself i I mean I, i love going to conferences and just being in that that the group and being around, uh, learning from everyone there, it's just a different experience. And uh, I definitely miss that uh, face-to-face human interaction and hope we can get back to that, uh, more of that soon, which it it seems like knock on wood, yeah. (laughs) Can we we have like a candid conversation about introversion? And if it doesn't pan out, we can cut it out. But I'm just curious to like have some real talk just between Joel and Colin here. Sure. Okay, so... Um, how much time a day do you spend doing like a uh, task by yourself? Hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think it, it varies. I think it could be some days, it, it could be most of the day. Other days, I'm 
in a lot of meetings and or a lot, a lot of Zoom calls, <laughs> which can be it's 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 very useful. It can also be kind of draining. Um, but I, I think I, I really enjoy doing um, like pairing with with. I, I'm much more comfortable in like small groups or one-on-one. -on -one. I think that's like the type of interaction that I can feel the most comfortable and uh, and be able to kind of bounce ideas off of other of other folks. So yeah, pair programming is something I I really love to do and have even found a time to do it. You know, in during this remote time. So it's it's in that case sometimes we'll we'll do it for just hours and hours on end, which I love. I don't think a lot of people love it as much as I do, but I, I do like that that sort of uh, um, pairing aspect. What about you? How how often do you? Yeah. So, like throughout the progression of this podcast, like I'd say day one when I started, I was still writing a lot of code, still you know managing an engineering team, but also contributing code on that team. Mm -hmm. um, and what I found through having to be social through the podcast, but also writing code, is that you could almost map my ability to be to to speak well and to be more social went up and was hmm. greater the the less time I spent inside my head programming. Uh -huh. uh, so the, the more time I spent with other people, the better I got at speaking with other people, which yeah. sounds like pretty common sense, right? right. Uh -huh. But then you'll get management who's interacting with engineering and there's conflict because there's communication differences. And it's not, and what I get frustrated about is so many people believe that it's because like the the, their difference, maybe something's wrong with them or they're not as good at it. But I'm saying it's an allocation of time. And I believe you can transition mm -hmm. back and forth between them because mm -hmm. half of my, like two years of doing this podcast, um, when I was still programming, I was, I had to figure out how to do it. Like I could not program in the morning yeah. or before podcasts if I had them. <laughs> I had separate days and then eventually they, they kind of faded out. But I started to go over and talk to some people who are in their minds but don't do programming like researchers mm -hmm. that are doing like research in a lab you know by themselves uh and i found that it's like this this human thing that happens uh, the more time we're communicating inside our head hmm. the you're saying that i'm introverted typically because i'm being quiet right that's like one of the biggest tales yeah. but my brain's <laughs> going a thousand miles an hour right my brain's uh -huh. going so fast and it's because I'm I spend so much time in there, and I can just work things out way quicker. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I've all, I'm always interested in talking to people that that want to make a change, and like empowering them. That like here's some tools if you if you want to be better at talking, spend less time programming and, yeah. and talk more. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And, and so, do you still do you still do development? You said you mentioned two years ago. Is that still? Yeah, so I still manage an engineering team, but okay. I do not individually contribute and write code. Oh, okay. Like I'll review yeah. Pivotal, like I'll review stories and stuff. Okay. And uh -huh. I'll I'll talk with them and I work with the like the designer to say, all right, here's the new screen that we have. And yeah. Mostly am the bridge between our customers and engineering. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm talking a lot to the customers, talking to engineering Great, and yeah. uh, making sure that everything goes smooth because I'm like obsessive about time to value being really short. Mm, like yeah. I want to bring the maximum amount of value. I want to get rid of feature creep. <laughs> I want to reduce, refine, you know, get it down to how can we ship something that solves the problem technically mm. and then we can add all the whistles to it and make yeah. it prettier and yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like you miss it at all, the development aspect? Uh, actually, no. I mean, for a while I would say yes, I, I did. But um, 
you know, it's, I did it for 17 years every yeah. day. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> uh, I found that if I want to pick it up again, it's, it's going to be there. But if I, if I want to create the most amount of impact in life, I have to go to the next level, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I can, where I can work with groups of people that can do this and yeah. kind of just, just like a, uh, uh, you know, language be an abstraction, like just go a level up in the stack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's interesting hearing you talk about it. Yeah. It's, uh, I think the, I do find myself more of, of taking like the, I like to listen a lot and I, I don't tend to speak up in larger groups. Even coming on the podcast is a little different for me. It's not something I'm used to, to doing talking for so long. <laughs> um, but I, I do find that the, the more I do it, and definitely the more that I spend time, especially one-on-one with clients, I I, I really like that because I, I being able to connect and think about collaboratively with them how to solve a problem and get everybody on board is is really exciting to me. I, can, I like to kind of feed on that. When they're excited, I get excited, and and so yeah, I can kind of help help with uh, when I'm more more introverted though I, I do feel like i'm probably always a developer at heart I, I i tend to end up um doing a little bit of coding and we're doing actually a little bit we've made some organizational changes where i i get to do a little bit more of it these days which i have i've really grown to 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 love and appreciate again uh, to have that that time so it's it's definitely a balance i remember you saying it was hard to switch between so the context switching between those tasks can be can be challenging sometimes Oh yeah. And I, and because I've talked with so many different people that have made the change or have gone, like they've changed to not doing programming and some have changed back. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody, when I go out and and give like talks to companies or whatever it may be at conferences, like one of the most common questions I get is like, what's the right one? Like Uh, your CTO shouldn't be programming (laughs) at this level. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I mean, first, the first thing I always have to do is it's one of those things, Colin, where like at the beginning, when you don't know a lot, it's like super clear. You're like, oh, I'm confident. I read this article. It was a <laughs> trusted person. And this is the answer. Right. But then when you go through and you actually experience it, you're like, okay, well, the 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 useful takeaway, rather than rambling, like the useful takeaway is knowing what you want and what you like and making sure that you've structured the environment around you to allow you to do what what turns you on, what, what, what fires you up, because yeah. that is how you are going to have the best life. And so if, if that means that, you know, you're on an R&D team uh, and you're doing like some interesting stuff and it's just like you and three or four people, but your company, you know, is 10,000 people, you know, you can do what you want to do. It's just, you make sure that there's some other title that's providing that human leadership over in the engineering org. Mm -hmm. If you're off in like an office of the CTO. So there's, there's really no wrong way. I guess the only wrong way to do it would be to know you like doing something and not be doing that. Just hire somebody to do the thing that you don't like as much and go do the thing you like more. (laughs) Right. Definitely. Uh, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think it, it seems so obvious in the end, but I feel like it, especially when you start off with so small that you, you, you wear all the hats, you do everything. And then when you start to grow 
at least for us, we, we hired engineer, you know, other software engineers. And, and so we started, started taking on the, the non-engineering side of things and did more and more of that and had a, you know, a bigger team. And, and I, and, and I think I had there certainly aspects of d those different hats that I, I still enjoy, but it, it, um, the balance and sort of finding like you, what you said, the, the like what really, you know, drives you and gets you excited. And for me, that's definitely like collaborating on a, a project with everyone else and um, be, being involved and, 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 and helping out, um, I think is, is definitely key to, for me to, to yeah, to, to be um, happy and successful. <laughs> yeah, and it changes by season too. One of the best pieces of advice that like I put into practice to actually test, right, and to see if it worked. Um, one of the investors early on in, in one of my companies, he said, um, put a recurring event in your in your phone every quarter and just ask like these two or three questions like, are you happy? Mm. Are you doing what you want to be doing? Are you spending the time how you want to be spending your time? And mm. if not, what changes do you need to make to get back to that that happy happy space? Because so often, mm. like we can, you know, you know, as the business evolves, the the what you have to do on a day to day basis is constantly evolving, yeah. and you can get wrapped up and realize, oh, I've spent the last like half of my time this month with like accounting teams, and that is not. <laughs> I don't know how I got into that because I just had to fill the gap that was there, but mm -hmm. I need to go hire a, a person to, to come do that for me. Cause I don't like doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. I really agree with that. It's, it's, and I, I like those questions. I, I don't think I was self-aware enough to be able to ask them myself, but I, I like the idea of reminding yourself to do it. And yeah, cause I think we, we kind of came to a point too recently where we, I think I wasn't quite as engaged or as as happy primarily because I was working more less doing less development and less I was like less connected with um the teams and um Kel our our chief of staff um had really sort of helped I think she was the one asking those questions and was very integral to us sort of thinking about how can we what what how can we make everyone happy including you know uh, myself and restructure us a bit to, to think about how can, you know, make us, yeah, make us the most effective and, and, and um, fulfilled. So I think I like those questions. I think they're very important. And I think, I, I don't know. Yeah. Again, I don't know if I would have come to it, but having someone like a, like Cal and our chief of staff, uh, Steve, uh, chief of staff position is, was very uh, helpful for, for us overall, I think. Yeah, the person that helped me was Andy. And I was like super stressed out. I called him on a Saturday. I was like, I have to talk. Mm. We met at like an ice cream shop. And I was just like, just dumped like all the stress <laughs> that I had on him. Uh -huh. I, was, I was like, I want, you know, when you're, you've got, I didn't have a co-founder. So my early investors were essentially the ones that were in the boat with me, right? Yeah. Financially. And so like, they're the ones that would care because they have invested in me. And so sometimes you need to talk to those people, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then he shared that because he was a founder and, you know, he went through the same thing over the course of 20, 30 years. And, uh, he picked up a lot of tips that were hard won and hard learned. So he shared that with me. And so far it's been going off for oh, maybe two years now. And I'll tell you what, like two out of three times, probably the answers are like, no, when I make changes. Like it's mm -hmm. often no. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like really happy for a couple months, <laughs> you know, a quarter goes by the next, the next notification goes off. I'm like, yep, I love it. And then, you know, within a quarter or two, I'm, I'm back to like, you know, figuring out this game. And uh, that's good though. Cause that means it's growth is happening. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, yeah. Like it's a, you're adapting and being iterative in a way, which I feel like is, is maybe very, um, at least in, in our line of work, common on the software side, but maybe less common in kind of our, our own, you know, career or progression. And I feel like that, yeah, having the, um, I don't know, just having the structure or, or the perspective to be able to adapt and, you know, take risks and, and um, be okay with, with the failures, I think is, is a good way to you know, take that out of the software engineering side and apply it to, you know, what you're just yourself, which I think is useful. <laughs> we should write a, we should write like a leadership book on this called like, I don't know, iterating on self. And then like make yeah. the cell <laughs> like a function, <laughs> right? That would be yeah. funny. Super dirty. Sorry, sorry for the nerd jokes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 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 good. To, definitely good to iterate. <laughs> yeah. So I want to make sure that we get the word out about Cactus Group, so that people that you know might need your services can better understand. Uh, I mean, they they have a good understanding of you and how you are. Um, I think you're a great person and I want them to better understand the business. So we under, we're good with the fact that it's a consultancy. Uh, what's like the two largest languages or technologies that you work with? Um, probably Python and JavaScript are the two largest languages. And we use a handful of frameworks within, within those. Uh, Django on, on the back end, React and Vue on the front end. And we do a lot of DevOps work as well on you know, automating provisioning of environments and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's quite, the range is pretty wide, but those are the typical um, technologies that we use. And when customers come to you, like what's typically their largest concerns or what are they looking for? Yeah, it's, I think it, it can vary. I think usually they have um, an existing challenge that they're trying to, to solve and haven't been able to, to solve it with the tools that they have used to date and um, you know it could be some offline process that they want to bring online or it could be updating or like a new iteration on a, a product that they already have and so I think it it can it can vary from from client to client or or be something completely new like yeah like the like the SMS voter registration something something like that's pretty new and um, but know that there there is like an end you know an end goal there so I think it's usually a, a challenge that that they're trying to find um, a partner, someone who wants to work with them. And, you know, usually I think it, it's, it's most successful when it's a collaborative effort that we're, we're kind of, you know, working hand in hand, learning together on how to, to solve and approach the problem. And yeah, like, I think you were talking about time to value, like how, how can you, uh, you know, optimize that? And I think it's, it's a useful thing to, to focus on. How, how can we get something in front of the user or the client as quickly as possible and actually have something that they can use and interact with and iterate from there, get it out and, and, and used as quickly as possible is, is very, is, is key, I think, in the end to making the, the overall product successful. Amazing, amazing. I, I saw that you were invited to the White House in 2016. What was that about? Mm. Uh, yeah, I um, I was trying to think. It's a little bit of a long story. We worked. I was involved with a project that was related to uh, traffic stop data in North Carolina. This was a started off as a just a side volunteer project. There's a statute in North Carolina that requires police departments in North Carolina to report their all their traffic stops 
and uh, like within a certain size, not, not too small, but most agencies report to the DOJ, the state DOJ. And that started in like 2000 and we started to get involved in around like 2014, 2015. And so there's this large data set that a lot of people didn't really even know knew existed. And it's a, it's a statute that's pretty unique across, across the US, there aren't, there aren't many like it. And a professor at UNC had started to look at this, this data and had done some interesting research um, behind it. And uh, I started to collaborate with a, an attorney who wanted to make, just make the data more accessible since it's a fairly large, like 26 million stops and ma many searches and all kinds of um, information about the, who was stopped and their and demographics and which department and, um, how can we make that more accessible so that folks can can see it uh, in a public setting? And so that we built a, a tool that was called Open Data Policing and is now uh, NC Copwatch. And early on in the, or I guess that was maybe towards the end of the Obama administration, they they had a, a police um, a policing uh, task force that and invited a bunch of folks to the White House to brainstorm ideas and. I was luckily um, invited, and it was very exciting to be there uh, in 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 the you know meeting with with folks like the, uh, the chief of police from like Houston and other um, folks were there, and I feel like I was very I could contribute in a very small part, but I loved being a part of that that process to get to um, just hear everyone talk about what they're working on and the challenges that working they're working through, and you know how technology could potentially help. Dude, that's really neat. Is that is that like the whole civic hacking thing? Is that what that's considered? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we I was introduced to the attorney through um, a small group that I helped found in, in Durham called Code for Durham, which is a civic hacking. Um, it's called a brigade, but it's it's part of a, a larger network of these types of groups across the the U.S. and the Code for America. Uh, from the Code for America organization, but it's all volunteer, and our we just want to help build build apps and and tools for you know the area that we we're in in Durham, and that the policing project spun out of that. We've we're also currently working on um, a project with with Legal Aid to help with record expungement and parsing PDFs and figuring out how to uh, help an attorney parse through many records to figure out what's possible for certain individuals. And it's again, yeah, those are like the, the, the sort of social projects that I'm so excited to work on at Cactus sometimes. And um, I find myself working on them also in my, my spare time because it, it definitely helps uh, motivate and drives me to, to do it. Yeah, you need to get more of those projects going. Talk yeah, to the sales team. Be yeah. like, hey, let's get some more of these social projects going. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great when, when we can work on them. <laughs> and I also saw you guys have an, an interesting culture, like a charitable type culture. You guys give to a lot of different organizations. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we have a um, charitable giving policy where people can nominate different organizations to to donate to, which we have done for many years. And um, we also have... Had the opportunity to donate time, which I think is can be helpful, with, and um, have done a couple. Um, Elizabeth, yeah, our, our 
um, mar marketing director. We was involved in yeah thinking about this pitch competition uh, that we did at Cactus to help. What 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 are some projects that we want to work on that could help the community? And then one of those was was the expungement project that I, I happened to pitch and we won. And so that part of the Cactus team got to just donate time to helping improve the uh, the project, which is. It's great. It's all open source. Both of these projects are open source. So it's it's amazing to contribute to those and have other people contribute to them, you know, outside of out of outside of Cactus as well. So it's it's very exciting. Is your wife into this too? Is she like a, a superhero for social good as well? <laughs> uh she is not into the civic hacking side, but she's uh she uh, went to school for social work and does works for an education nonprofit doing fundraising and grant writing for them. So I think there there there's definitely overlap there. And um, but yeah, I think we we do we complement each other well in that in that yeah with that regard. <laughs> we typically like to wrap up with um, the call to action for people. So if they're interested in working at Cactus Group, where would they go to learn more? Yeah, they can go to our website, uh, cactusgroup.com. It does have a unique spelling. It's C-A-K-T-U-S group.com. Um, but yeah, on the careers page there, you can, you'll find uh, the open positions, the current um, contract to hire positions. So definitely go and check it out. We're, we're super excited to meet, meet folks. And do you put your, you have like a portfolio on your website too? Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, you can see the different types of projects that we work on and um, we, we are involved a lot in the open source community too. So you can visit our uh, GitHub, you know, and, and see the types of projects that we release as open source or may contribute to um, as, as open source. And yeah, a lot, there, are, there are many case studies on the website that, that, that um, folks could, can check out. Yeah, you guys do a lot. You've got a bunch of case studies. You do team augmentation, custom web app development, uh, cloud services. I assume that's like DevOps, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, you do some workshops too. What What are those like? Yeah, that's um, as part of the discovery process and initial um, steps of taking on a project. We like to go through a series of uh, discovery phases where we have a workshop and get all the stakeholders together. And to me, that the biggest part is to kind of get everybody on the same page, but also to to kind of discover the requirements uh, together and build out what we think are the initial tasks that we'll work on and kind of figure out well, what, you know, that we've, we've met for a few days and have, um, we usually partner with a UX team to kind of walk through that process with us to what, what, what should we start building first? And so it's, I think it's useful to kick off projects, but also, you know, for new features or if we're working on a different element, you know, different aspect of the site that needs a different uh, new UI or something like that. It, it's a very helpful discovery process. Excellent. Cactus, C-A-K-T-U-S group.com is the website. Colin, you are awesome. Thank you so much, man. I really, really had a great time talking. Thank you. I, I really enjoyed it. And if you come through Durham, you should definitely uh, stop by and say hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.